Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, through which the Holy Spirit points us to our Savior King, is the Gospel for today, Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. Getting up at that time, Mary quickly went to the hill country to a town, Judah. She entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. It happened that as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She called out with a great shout and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby leaped for joy in my womb. Blessed is she who has believed. For the fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord will happen. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, since he has looked on the lowly condition of his slave. For behold, from now on all generations will consider me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy is from generation to generation for those who fear him. The strength in his arm acted. He scattered those who were proud in the thinking of their hearts. He threw down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to help his servant Israel in order to remember his mercy to Abraham and to his seed forever, just as he said to our fathers. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, Fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Are you going to have a holly jolly Christmas? Is it the best time of the year for you? Looks like we'll be having snow and maybe a cup of cheer. So much effort at this time of the year goes into lifting our spirits, doesn't it? Making ourselves feel happy, making others feel happy, wishing a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Lights shine out into the darkness, decorations brighten homes, the merry laughter of family and friends enliven gatherings, the aroma of food and and drink uh, perk up the senses, nativity scenes look so beautiful, carols fill the air, people of all kinds of people gather for worship on that most holy night of the year, hearts overflow with goodwill and cheer as the needy are helped and the The little child is brought in from the cold and warmed with a special Christmas gift. And there's peace on earth, and at least that's the way it's all portrayed for the ideal Merry Christmas in Norman Rockwellian America. But dear friends, that's all an illusion. Let's listen here and learn Mary's secret for a truly Merry Christmas. For you see, contrary to what we might say is our human common sense, a Merry Christmas doesn't come by trying to lift up our spirits, and it doesn't even come by trying to lift up others, no matter how altruistic and unselfish our motives might be. The beginning of a Merry Christmas starts with recognizing our lowliness. 
That, that's what we see as, as we take to heart what Mary says here. She recognized her lowliness. Notice what she says. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She's talking about her, her undeserving, lowly condition. She's not boasting about her humility like some may brag about how humble they are. No, she means what she says here. There is, is nothing in her that should attract God's favor in any, any way. She is in a, a, a lowly position. In fact, that word that she uses, calling herself a servant here, translated a servant, is actually the Greek word for a female slave. She has nothing of her own, nothing to her credit. Everything belongs to her master, to her God. She recognizes her lowly condition. And when she's called blessed, that, that's not denying her lowliness here in any way. Just think about that word blessed, what that really means. It means that someone else has done something good for her. Isn't that what it means to be blessed? It means to be the recipient of something good. And that's, that's what Mary is confessing here. That there's nothing in her, it's it, nothing to attract God's favor or the good things that the Lord has done. But he has blessed her nonetheless because he is the doer. She is simply the recipient, the receiver. He is the doer and the blesser. She recognizes her lowly condition. That she has nothing to offer her God. So, so why? Why did God bless her? Was it due to her lowly attitude or to her virtue and virginity? Was it in view of what she would be as a mother of the Savior? Now, if you think of that, any of those answers, no matter how true they might be, any of those answers would be denying just how lowly she was, that she is a slave in, in comparison to God. No, she truly confessed her lowliness, recognizing that nothing about her or in her could attract God's favor. So then why did God bless her? Well, the answer, in a word, is because of his mercy. Notice how Mary points us to God's mercy. His mercy extends to those who fear him. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. Now, how can you picture mercy? Maybe one way to do that is to think of blind Bart begging outside of Jericho. He is penniless, doesn't have anything of his own. He is helpless, not even able to see, to earn a living for himself. Then he hears the crowd passing by, and he's told that Jesus is in that crowd, and he calls out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when he's told to be quiet, he just calls out all the more loudly, have mercy on me. You see, he realized he had nothing to offer Jesus. He simply pleaded for his mercy. He recognized his lowly condition. So when you hear that word mercy, think of that picture of a true beggar. You know, that, that's so foreign to, to us who live in such a wealthy country as we do. Where even those who earn thousands of dollars a year may be below the poverty line. That's far from a penniless beggar. 
and, and, and notice how the, the beggars realized that they didn't deserve anything. They weren't entitled to anything from the government or from, from the wealthy. They realized it depended entirely on the good favor of the other person, nothing in themselves. That was the attitude of blind Bart and of Mary as she confesses her humbleness, her lowliness. She recognizes that there is nothing, nothing that she can offer to her God, but that he has done great things for her nonetheless, because he is merciful. And that's why a merry Christmas begins by recognizing our lowly condition, recognizing that we too bring nothing in our hands, but are, are there as beggars, needing to receive everything from our God and Savior. For you see, mercy can only really be extended to those who, who see their lowliness, who stand in that proper relationship with the Lord, who, who, who fear the Lord, as Mary says here. His mercy extends to those who fear Him. That, 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 that means, to fear the Lord means to have, understand our relationship with Him. That He is God, the Holy One, the Almighty. We are creatures, sinners, powerless to do anything on our own. His majesty, power, and holiness strike all in us so that we hold His word and command in highest regard. His grace, mercy, and love move us to honor Him with childlike reverence. That's the fear of the Lord that recognizes our lowly condition and comes with nothing in our hands. And so as you prepare for a Merry Christmas, recognize your lowliness. Come before the manger with nothing in your hands. Don't come beating your drum or, or with a little gift of your precious or humble treasures. Come with nothing in your hands like Mary did, like a beggar does recognizing our lowliness, ready to receive whatever, whatever our God and Savior is ready to give us. For you see, only when we recognize our humbleness are we ready then to rejoice in His greatness. Otherwise, we're blinded by the things that we think we have to offer when we come empty-handed, recognizing our lowliness, then, then we can see His true greatness. And that's the second part we look at here this morning. And this too, we see confessed both by Elizabeth and Mary, the greatness of that child. Even Elizabeth, by the, the Holy Spirit, recognized that Mary was carrying the baby who is her God and Lord. She confesses here, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? That child in the manger is the Almighty God. He holds the stars in His infant hands. His infant breath commands the winds and the waves. So great is that child. And that's why Mary glorifies and, and magnifies the Lord. You know, just like a magnifying glass helps us See what the naked eye cannot see. So also the Word of God shows us who that child really is. 
It's hidden from our human eyes, but through the eyes of faith we see that that child who looks like any other child is our God, hidden in flesh. Our God, worthy of all praise and honor. Our great and glorious God, who, what, what more reason do we need to rejoice? Our God has come to be with us. He has taken our flesh and blood. But there is even more, isn't there? There is even more, for Mary doesn't simply rejoice about the child being her God. But notice what she says. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For you see, the greatness of the Christ child is not only in who he is, but also in what he came to do. He came to save. To save lowly sinners like you and me. That's why... Christmas, a merry Christmas begins by recognizing our lowliness, for then, only then can we rejoice that He has come to save us. He has come to lift us up. That, that's what Mary talks about as well here, doesn't she? When she says, He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble, those who recognize their lowly estate. That's why we rejoice in His greatness, for He lifts us up. Lifts us up out of what? Well, he lifts us up out of the, the depths of our sin, out of the pit of death, out of the darkness of doubt. He lifts us up and saves us. That's why he came. That's why we rejoice with Mary. And we too can say, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. How those final three words sum up just who that child is and what he came to do. So great is his person and his work. So come to the manger rejoicing in his greatness. Seeing the work that he has come to do. Come to that manger rejoicing in his greatness, ready to receive whatever he will give. For he has come to, to fill us with good things if we come already filled up with what we think is going to make our Christmas merry because of the, the sentiments of the season, then we will be going away empty. If we come, up, if we come lifted up with our own thoughts of, of what Christmas is supposed to be, then he will cast us down like those rulers from their thrones. Rather come empty, come hungry for what he has to give. For as Mary says, he has filled the hungry with good things, but the rich he has sent away empty. Come hungry for what he offers. For he fills us with his promises. His promises of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Mary too remembered the Lord's promises. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers, the apostles and prophets who have gone before us, our forefathers in the faith, through whom the Lord had his word and promise recorded for us. Fill yourselves with those promises. That is what satisfies, truly satisfies that hunger. For the Lord fills the hungry with good things. Those who come to him with that faith that Abraham had, that faith that trusted God's promises, even when they didn't make sense to our, our senses or to our reason, Come and feast on his promises. Be filled with the good things that he brings. 
For those good things fill us and then overflow as we rejoice in His greatness, the greatness of our God and Savior. That was Mary's secret for a Merry Christmas. She knew and believed that that child was her God and Savior. And nothing could take that joy away. Yes, there would be troubling days, just like there are for you and me. Especially when she saw her son nailed and pierced to that cross. But see how that, even that sorrow, gave way to the Easter joy that God raised him from the dead. The verdict that even her sins were forgiven. And that is why our Christmas joy combines into Easter joy as well. So that no matter what this new year may bring, we continue to rejoice in the greatness of that child born in Bethlehem. So this Christmas, this Christmas, take in that secret. That secret that Mary has shared with us, that secret that is meant to be shared because no one can know it on their own. Take in that secret. Come, like a beggar, recognizing your lowliness. And leave rejoicing in His greatness as He fills you with His forgiveness, life, and salvation. And then we too can sing with Mary, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Amen. Please stand. Peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.